One of the president's close allies telling me tonight, quote, she was his last emotional crutch. Crutch or crush? What did she say? Crutch. I see. That's why. I got the feeling that something right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yep. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, and in Cottage Grove on KSO. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, in Maui, Hawaii on KAKU, in Columbus, Ohio on on WGRN, in Palinville, New York on WLPP, Grand Rapids, Michigan's WPRR, New Orleans, WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, Seattle, Washington's KODX, Red Bluff and Redding, California's KFOI, Round Mountain, California's KKRN, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, and Detour Talk. And that doesn't even include all the podcast sites out there. Five days a week, blanketing planet Earth. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. You can run, but you can't hide as much as I'd like to hide uh, <laughs> some of these days. Yeah. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, and I'm, just the last few minutes coming in on uh, on my iPhone here, NBC News reports um, Robert Mueller is eyeing charges against Russians who hacked Democrats' emails. Georgia lawmakers passed a bill to punish Delta Airlines for distancing itself from the NRA. Uh, the Trump administration says they plan to sell 210 anti-tank missiles to Ukraine. Uh, and oh, yeah, the Dow plunged some 420 points after Trump announced that he would be, uh, well, said he would be announcing steep aluminum and steel tariffs. Pretty much none of those things we're going to cover today on this show. <laughs> we are you Too having much, fun uh, with the destabilization I, president? Yeah, really? No kidding. That's Desi Doyen, of course, our destabilization producer. Hi, Des. <laughs> um, yeah, just I don't know how this goes on much longer, frankly. It feels to me like this is a White House in collapse, a White House imploding. But we'll get to that in a moment. Let's start with something cheery, shall we? <laughs> Please. Governor Jerry Brown on Thursday signed a new law to automatically pre-register all voting-eligible 16- and 17-year-olds to vote when they receive a California driver's license or a California state ID. The measure, AB 1407, will automatically pre-register approximately 200,000 16- and 17-year-olds to vote annually and will be, uh, or to vote, Annually, and will be uh, the largest expansion of youth voter access in American history. Wow. 
This is good news. This is very good news, especially, you know, since the uh, since the shooting in in Parkland, Florida, and we are seeing so many uh, high school kids standing up uh, fighting for what needs to be fought for. And so ensuring that those folks will all be able to vote when they turn 18, at least if they live out here in California, uh, that's a very good thing. In 2015, the state established the new motor voter program allowing every eligible person who requested a driver's license or a state ID card to be automatically registered to vote. Eligible and persons. Just want to point that out very clearly to those folks who may not have been listening carefully. Not you- those illegals you uh, <laughs> are always hoping will. That they're always accusing. But yeah, you have to be eligible first. Right. Uh, AB 1407 updates that 2015 law to include pre-registration to allow uh, young people to uh, also opt out if they they don't want to be pre-registered when they go to get their driver's license or their IDs. Otherwise, they'll be automatically good to go the day that they turn 18. An estimated 6.5 million Californians are eligible to vote but are unregistered, making the state the 38th among the 50 states in voter registration. Shame on us. According to the California Secretary of State, youth aged 18 to 24 years old stand out as registering at a far lower rate than any other group. Secretary of State Alex Padilla says in California, we're making it easier for young people to become active participants in our elections. This law will ensure young people have access to the ballot as soon as they turn 18. AB 1407 takes effect on January 1 of 2019. So not in time for this year's election. So if you're going to be 18 before uh, Election Day this year, now is a great time to get out and register to vote, whether you live in California or anywhere else. Uh, at least if they allow you to pre- if you live in a state where you are allowed to pre-register. So there's that. That's the good news. Everything's downhill from here. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, it felt to me last night after we got off the air and after the spate of news stories uh, came in, many of which focused on Jared Kushner and on the 29-year-old White House communications director, longtime Donald Trump aide and confidant Hope Hicks, uh, who we learned is resigning from the White House uh, in in the news that uh, broke just before airtime yesterday. Uh, But also uh, because uh, special counsel Robert Mueller, his probe now focusing in on Trump's business relationships with Russia uh, prior to the uh, 2016 election, prior to him uh, becoming a candidate officially. With all of these reports, this thing feels like, as I said, that it's finally really imploding. And by this thing, I mean the White House. It feels like we are on the verge of collapse. Maybe I'm wrong, but what's going on just does not seem unsustainable. Does not seem sustainable. Sustainable. Yes, thank you. Apparently I'm not uh, sustainable. (laughs) But it really, it feels like that for me, and, and I'm only covering it. I'm not living it. So I don't know how Donald Trump will continue at this point. We mentioned yesterday uh, on the show that there was likely much more to Hope Hicks's resignation from the White House. She is uh, Trump's third communications director in uh, just over one year. And nobody still knows for certain why she is suddenly leaving, though her excuse that she's interested in other opportunities is clearly hogwash. Yeah. Nobody's buying that. 
The announcement that she was leaving came just one day after she had testified for about nine hours to the House Intelligence Committee. She was uh, with Trump from the beginning of his campaign. She was one of the few, along with Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, is still there that hasn't yet fled or been fired. She is or I guess been uh, indicted at this point. She is said to have uh, uh, been one of Trump's closest personal confidants and reportedly played a key role in the attempted cover up of the meeting that Don Jr., Donald Trump Jr. and Jared Kushner and Paul Manafort had with Russians supposedly uh, who were offering dirt at Trump Tower on Hillary Clinton. And she was, Hope Hicks was, uh, right inside for a lot of that stuff that Special Counsel Robert Mueller is said to be investigating very closely at this point. So she could be in legal trouble herself for attempted obstruction of justice. But many are focusing on the fact that during her testimony to the House Intel Committee, she admitted that in her role as a Trump aide, she was required to lie. Well, of course she was. That's the top asset for anybody working in the Donald Trump administration. Duh. It's what they do. Still, you're not supposed to say it out loud, apparently. And according to a source cited by CNN's Aaron Burnett last night, Donald Trump's response to her admission about, you know, being required to lie on his behalf, that that was the final straw, apparently, for Hope Hicks. And she was reportedly uh, berated by Trump for being so stupid as to uh, as to make that admission, at least according to Burnett. The 29-year-old has been with the president for three years and worked with his daughter, Ivanka, before that, originally tapped to be the campaign's press secretary. And she rose stunningly quickly, by far the youngest person in the president's inner circle. Just to give you an idea of how vital Hicks is to the president, one of the president's close allies telling me tonight, quote, she was his last emotional crutch. That's how crucial she is. And that source telling me Hicks' departure was sudden. The source saying Trump berated Hicks after her testimony to Congress yesterday. You know, the nine hours in which she admitted to telling lies on behalf of the president. According to the source, Trump asked Hicks after the testimony how she could be so stupid. And that apparently that was the final straw for Hope Hicks. As news of her sudden departure broke, another one of the president's allies telling CNN, quote, I'm just floored. I don't think it's possible to overstate the significance and just the importance of her role within the White House. She's an invaluable team member and one of the originals. The only originals now from the Trump campaign who actually remain in the White House tonight are Jared Kushner, who, of course, was stripped of his top secret security clearance yesterday, Ivanka Trump and Dance Gavino, who works with the president on social media. Hicks is at the center of three controversies that have rocked the White House, two of which are core to the Russia investigation. She was reportedly with the president the weekend he decided to fire then-FBI Director Jim Comey. She was involved in writing the Donald Trump Jr. statement about the Trump Tower meeting with Russians. And just weeks ago, she was crucial in drafting the White House statement defending Rob Porter, a man whom she was dating seriously. Porter, of course, is the former White House top aide accused of abusing two ex-wives and a former girlfriend. Hope Hicks is the third communications director to leave the White House. To date, one in three Trump administration officials have left. One in three. That is in just the first year of the Trump administration. 
That was Aaron Burnett on CNN. Don't know if her sources have it right or not, um, but it sure sounds right. Yeah, and based on what other reporting I've seen, if Hope Hicks was really his emotional crutch, if she was one of the few people able to manage Trump's emotions, his his lashing out, his his volatile impulses, that's really dangerous because he can act out and he oh, has yeah. a lot of power in the White House oh, yeah. when he acts out. Uh, he's his. Yeah, uh, that point about being his last emotional uh, uh, crutch, that is more troubling, I think, than, you know, the fact that he berated her. We're used to that. That's what he does. But, uh, yeah, with him gone, uh, with her gone, I should say, um, there is very few people left. Uh, Melania doesn't even seem to be talking to him at this point. And then you got uh, Jared and Ivanka. They could also somehow be on their way out. I mean, this thing is imploding. I know it's felt like that before, but we are really getting up there now to the top to, you know, to some of his his top people. You know, the very few who are left and based on a bunch of stuff that uh, that that came out last night, I can't imagine that Kushner's days aren't similarly numbered at this point. In fact, uh, keep an eye on your news alerts, Desi <laughs> Doyen, uh, in case he's he's gone before today's show ends. I, I mean, I this seems like how it is moving. Uh, almost all he had left was hope, writes uh, CNN Stephen Collinson today. President Donald Trump was left more beleaguered and isolated than ever after the resignation of his confidant, Hope Hicks, one of the core originals who had nurtured the tycoon all the way to the White House. Hicks dropped her shocking announcement on a day that was bewildering even by the extreme standards of this White House leaving Trump's presidency looking increasingly unmoored. And that's saying quite a bit. Uh, Hicks's departure, uh, he writes, will come at a moment of maximum instability for the White House, with staff morale plummeting and the prowling presence of special counsel Robert Mueller and his Russia probe becoming ever more oppressive. One Trump ally told CNN's Jeremy Diamond, quote, I don't think it's possible to overstate the significance and just the importance of Hope Hicks's role within the White House. She's an invaluable team member, one of the originals. The political careers of Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump are teetering with the president's son-in-law's top secret security clearance threatening his role as Trump's foreign policy consigliere, he writes. It's looking possible that soon none of Trump's inner circle will be by his side. And that means life in the Oval Office could get very lonely indeed for the president. Given Trump's gregarious personality, limited attention span and status as an outsider in the corridors of power, the months ahead could be especially tough for him and us alike, I'm afraid. That could mean uh, more time home alone for Trump, more bouts of self-destructive tweeting, unpredictable behavior, lashing out from a president who lacks a Washington network, gravitates to save spaces at his resorts every weekend he can, and often seems to spend hours live-tweeting Fox News. The Hicks News was just the latest in a succession of broadsides to hit the scandal-plagued White House within the last 48 hours. That suggests Mueller's probe is getting even closer to the president. Washington Post reported Wednesday the special counsel was now investigating the president's apparent effort to oust Attorney General Jeff Sessions, 
who had recused himself from the Russia probe last summer. On Tuesday, CNN revealed that Mueller was also looking at Trump's business transactions in Russia prior to his presidential campaign. Both approaches could be related to any attempt by the special counsel to decipher whether the president obstructed justice in the firing of former FBI chief James Comey in order to cover up any compromising links with Russia, if they exist. Those bombshells came on the heels of news on Tuesday that Jared Kushner had his top secret, uh, top secret security clearance stripped by Chief of Staff John Kelly. A Washington Post report on that same day said that several foreign nations had discussed how his Kushner's family's heavily uh, heavy debt load and his own inexperience could be used to manipulate Kushner in his role as Trump's foreign policy guru. And all of that was exacerbated by Trump's latest attack on Jeff Sessions on Wednesday over the attorney general's handling of an investigation into alleged FISA surveillance abuses that the uh, Republicans have been claiming were uh, carried out at the direction somehow of, of Barack Obama or something. Trump called Sessions' conduct disgraceful. He's calling his own attorney general disgraceful. I know. And then there's the sense of a presidency at sea, which was further reinforced by the extraordinary televised session in the White House on Wednesday, led by Trump, in which he seemingly he seemed to completely repudiate core Republican positions when it comes to guns, calling out his fellow Republicans for being frightened by the NRA, seemingly forgetting that uh, Ted Cruz comes from Texas which itself recently saw a, um, a mass church shooting that killed, I think it was 26 parishioners. At one point, Trump seemed to agree to include a ban on assault weapons in a uh, comprehensive gun control legislation. That left Senator Dianne Feinstein, Democrat from California, uh, just delighted, literally rubbing her hands with glee. <laughs> Trump's comments that maybe authorities should take the firearms first and then go to court if someone is suspected of mental illness. He said, I, I believe in taking the guns early, take the guns first, due process second. He said, well, that, in fact, repudiated longtime NRA GOP dogma and seemed to turn him into the very gun grabber that the NRA GOP used to pretend that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton were. So if he's alone in the White House, he may be also for further isolating himself from uh, from the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House. Trump, the gun grabber, was the headline on Breitbart News. So he's isolating himself from Breitbart News, apparently, uh, last night. Uh, that's just how surreal this has all been over the past 48 hours or so. And all of that came before we learned that two huge moneylenders uh, had given money to the president's son-in-law, Jared, to his companies. These are lenders that Jared had met with in the White House. And uh, they appear to have given his family company huge loans to bail them out shortly after those meetings with Jared. So how long... Can Jared survive at this point? And for that matter, how long can this White House survive at all 
We're joined next by national security journalist Marcy Wheeler of Empty Wheel, who also just happened to have a new op-ed on Kushner published last night by The New York Times. We will speak with her next. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it. If you enjoy the show and or get something from it, please give back a bit, if you can, by visiting us at bradblog.com donate. Your support helps Desi and me continue to bring you real, independent, progressive news five days a week over your public airwaves. We simply can't do it without your help, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today to make a one-time donation or, even better, automated monthly support. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you can rest easy knowing that we'll be here every day making sense of it all, or at least trying to. That's bradblog.com slash donate, and thanks. I'm not a millionaire's son, but uh, I know someone else is. Uh, Jared Kushner is. He's a millionaire's son, although his father uh, served time in jail. He's also the uh, son of another, uh, the son-in-law of another millionaire who claims to be a billionaire. Perhaps he is. Who knows at this point? Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Two major loans to the Kushner companies for real estate projects came after Jared Kushner, the senior advisor in the Trump administration and the president's son-in-law, met with officials from those financial institutions at the White House, according to The New York Times on Wednesday night. Kushner, who left his role at the family company, in theory, upon taking a job at the White House, met with Joshua Harris, one of the founders of Apollo Global Management, several times at the White House early last year as Harris was advising the administration on infrastructure, according to the Times. In November, Apollo lent the Kushner companies $184 million to refinance a mortgage on a building of theirs in Chicago. The loan was reportedly three times larger than the average loan that Apollo typically approves. Kushner also met with Michael Corbett, the chief executive at Citigroup in the spring of 2017 at the White House, where the two reportedly talked about financial and trade policy. A source told The New York Times that they did not talk about Kushner's family business, but after that meeting, Citigroup lent Kushner companies $325 million to finance buildings in Brooklyn, according to the paper. Kushner company uh, spokeswoman Christine Taylor denied that Kushner played a role in obtaining the loans for the company. 
But the story is just the latest to break about the Kushner's uh, about Kushner's role in the White House recently. He had his security clearance downgraded. A Washington Post report revealed that several foreign officials from at least four different countries, the uh, United Arab Emirates, China, Mexico and Israel, if I remember them correctly, that they discussed ways that they could manipulate Kushner in part through his financial woes. The Washington Post reports timing just after Kushner's security clearance downgrade has left Kushner paranoid that people in the White House and elsewhere are out to get him, according to a Wednesday night CNN report. But perhaps they're out to get him because he's a criminal who needs to be gotten. There is a reason, after all, that Kushner, along with his wife Ivanka, by the way, uh, we're unable to get permanent security clearances at the White House. We just don't yet know what those reasons actually are or were. In a New York Times op-ed published last night, our old friend Marcy Wheeler asks, has Jared Kushner conspired to defraud America? Well, that's a big question. Wheeler writes, amid the dizzying details of Internet trolls, almost a million dollars worth of antiques, antique rugs and fake bank accounts, the indictments brought by Robert Mueller, the special counsel in his investigation of Russian tampering in the 2016 election, have one thing in common. Both the indictment of 13 Russians associated with a troll farm called the Internet Research Agency and the indictment of President Trump's one-time campaign chair Paul Manafort accuse the defendants of pretending to engage in American politics in good faith, but secretly serving someone else's interest. In both cases, the charge conspiracy to defraud the United States is an assertion that they were really serving the interests of Russia or of a Russian-backed Ukrainian politician, and that by hiding their true intent, the defendants in both cases prevented the U.S. government from protecting our politics from undisclosed outside influence. That precedent, writes Wheeler, and the guilty plea to the same charge by Rick Gates, Manafort's deputy, may pose a real danger to Jared Kushner. Here to discuss that danger to Kushner, to the White House, to Donald Trump, and I'm thinking to the United States itself, is Marcy Wheeler. She's an independent journalist who's been covering legal issues surrounding national security, civil liberties, presidential politics for many years now. She's uh, been a contributor to The Guardian, Salon, The Intercept, Politico, and many others, including now... As of last night, the New York Times. Oh, Marcy Wheeler, welcome back to the broadcast. Always good to be on. Uh, you uh, first, uh, congratulations on on the Times op-ed. Uh, I, I believe it's your your first. Do they know how brutal you have been over the years to certain reporters at the uh, at the failing New York Times? Um, it's a different department of the Times, I think. Let's put it that way. Okay, good. Uh, well, <laughs> I, uh, all right, let's talk, let's talk Jared, uh, since that's what you're talking about in the Times today. Uh, he's had a security downgrade. Uh, these two huge loans reported by the Times, four countries plan to play him, it sounds like, uh, to gain uh, leverage over him. At, at least four. At, at, at least four. Exactly. Yeah, we don't know. It could, could be many more. He's at all of these unreported meetings with various, offici uh, with various officials, 
And now you suggest that, well, he could be next in the barrel, so to speak, to be charged with a conspiracy to defraud uh, the U.S. First, let me ask you this. uh, How important is losing his top secret uh, SCI, what is it, sensitive compartmented information level clearance? How important is that really for anybody, but especially a senior advisor to the president with a huge foreign policy portfolio that he's supposedly heading up. Is this a big thing? Well, it, in a normal administration, it's a huge thing. In this administration, you know, who knows? Um, <laughs> the president has pretty broad authority to be able to say, I don't care what the FBI says about Jared Kushner's unique unsuitability to have this high level of clearance, I'm going to give him access to these documents anyway. And on Friday, even as as his clearance was being stripped, John Kelly, who's the chief of staff, was saying, we're sure he can continue to do his job regardless. His job includes, uh, I always do this in scare quotes, negotiating a scare quote peace plan, (laughs) which is better thought of as a fairly breathtaking remapping of the Middle East uh, at the behest of Saudi Arabia and Israel. Saudi Arabia, by the way, was not one of the countries named. Add them in the list, add Qatar in the list, add Russia in the list, because I'm sure they're all there. They just probably didn't get intercepted saying, this guy's an easy mark. Mm -hmm. So normally, if you're doing something like negotiating peace between Israel, the Palestinians, Saudi Arabia, and and everybody else in the Middle East, Mm Um, you need clearance. Normally you need clearance, but uh, John Kelly was saying Friday, nah, he doesn't need clearance. So that either suggests they're going to continue to give him the, the information anyway, or they're blowing smoke, or they're trying to stave off the day when they have to get rid of Jared because that's going to make uh, things more interesting with the Mueller investigation. But, you know, ultimately it's up to Trump to say, Jared's going to get this information anyway. What I expect to happen at the very least is everyone else in the White House is going to say, I'm not giving this information or attending this meeting with Kushner because I'm going to lose my clearance if I tell him uh, the content of the the SCI documents mm-hmm. that I've been looking at. Because essentially they'd be violating their own security clearance by sharing it with someone who does not have the clearance to have that information. Bingo. Yeah, right. So I, I don't even understand how he, in that case, could do his job unless the White House is blowing smoke. They've you know lowered his security clearance level, but the president, as you suggest, he can give him uh, on a case-by-case basis, he can give clearance for essentially Jared to see anything that Donald Trump would like, correct? Correct, yeah. All right, I want to... You know, yeah. of course, Trump is the guy who uh, uh, reportedly told the Russians about um, very sensitive intelligence that the Israelis had shared mm-hmm. with us. So it's not like Trump has actually protected classified information since he's been president. No, and it's not like uh, there is no irony in the fact that the thing they were calling to lock Hillary Clinton up for was uh, you know, the, the falsely, I guess, false claims that she was sharing uh, classified information with people who weren't allowed to see it. It's just still mind-blowing to me every day. So I want to talk to you about your assertion that Mueller 
um, could be investigating whether Kushner conspired to defraud the U.S. But your op-ed came out uh, in The Times, I believe, before the paper subsequently published the report last night on those two huge loans that Kushner's family company received from two huge lenders uh, that he had personally met with. How does how does that story affect what you had uh, posited in your in your op-ed? Well, it, it only suggests there could be a domestic angle as well, although, of course, both of those, both of those banks have some inter- international partners. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it'll, we will see uh, what kind of ties those banks have once they get unpacked going forward. So, um, but, but, yeah, um, I, I, just when I was beginning to get into arguments on Twitter about how Kushner had benefited from being in the White House, these came out and then those people kind of skulked away and uh, never to be heard from <laughs> again because it sort of proved my point. Um, and, and then for the record, wouldn't that, or I guess shouldn't that alone, those loans, wouldn't that alone be a, a firing offense for, as you describe, any other normal White House? Yeah, unless that's what Trump wanted to do. I mean, with Jared... We are always asking, is Jared freelancing? Is he doing this with the awareness, sort of, to the extent that we can talk about that, Mm -hmm. of his father-in-law? Or is he doing it with the cooperation of his father-in-law? And I'm not sure that we know that yet. Mm -hmm. What we do know is Jared's behavior by itself should get him booted from the White House for good, hasn't yet. They're not talking about it anytime soon. And so, you know, ultimately, you have to assume that Trump is on board with this. Trump is, is you know, happy to have his son-in-law use the position to bail out his family. And I want to ask you about that idea that it, it that it won't happen anytime soon, because I'm not so sure. Uh, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about your, your argument. that You're saying that uh, Kushner may have conspired to defraud the United States. And I get the sense that there is more to your assertion uh, there than, than you may have even been able to include in that Times piece, frankly. But what is your, what is your central argument uh, on that point? Well, you know, we've been talking, largely because Trump always gets to set the terms of debate, we've been talking about collusion since before the election. And I've been saying, especially since um, Jim Comey testified to this fact, last year before he was fired, mm-hmm. um, it, we're not, we've never been talking about collusion. Collusion is not a crime. Mm-hmm. It is a shiny object uh, used by Trump to be able to deny something over and over again. He was never going to be indicted for collusion because it's not a crime. Right. He will, however, or could, however, be an unindicted co-conspirator in a conspiracy. We were always expecting that crimes here that Mueller would be um, pursuing a conspiracy charge, not a collusion charge. And, and lo and behold, that is what we have seen with both of the indictments he has brought so far and with Rick Gates's plea deal. So there is a precedent uh, with Gates where he's already said, um, pretending to be lobbying for um, unattached Ukrainian citizens well, in fact, you are lobbying for the government of Ukraine, which is at the time run by a you know a pro-Russian mm-hmm. uh, kleptocrat, uh, is is illegal because you are preventing the U.S. government from ensuring transparency in its political process. 
same thing, the same argument is, is what the trolls did, what the Internet trolls did, pretending you are somebody on Twitter mm-hmm. engaging in political speech is uh, illegal if you are not uh, providing transparency that, in fact, you are a paid Russian troll. Mm-hmm. And, and what's gonna, what is likely to happen, especially the way the Internet Research Agency indictment was written, um, throughout, they talked about co-conspirator. I, I counted it. I think it was 19 times. No, it's more than that. Anyway, the co-conspirator. And most of the time when they use the phrase co-conspirator, they mean unnamed people sitting in St. Petersburg, um, you know, pretending to be Americans blathering mm-hmm. on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But there are a few places where it's not clear that they're speaking exclusively of people in Russia. It is quite possible there are people here in the United States that we don't know yet. And so if you're a prosecutor, the advantage of conspiracy charges is you can plunk people into the conspiracy as mm. you go and add and and add kind of the scope of the conspiracy and um, basically what you need is people who willingly participated in it. And, and, it's a, and it is a charge with a great deal of legal precedent and uh, for better and for worse, because it stinks for defendants, it is a very powerful tool that prosecutors in the United States use. And I sort of envision Mueller kind of uh, building out these conspiracies in three or four different directions that will one day coalesce into a kind of multi-centered conspiracy that, that may, in fact, amount to what Trump has been denying all along, collusion, mm-hmm. um, but is in fact a, a conspiracy to, 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 to damage the United States, a conspiracy to, to uh, pretend to serve the United States, but in fact serve some other master. And why are whether you... It is, yeah. What, yeah, whether it is, in Jared's case, as I argued, whether it is the family's debt, um, but in the process of serving you know, the interests of the family trying to get out of debt, out of, you know, mm-hmm. five, 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 uh, six, 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 Fifth six. Avenue, right? Yeah. This, this amazingly underwater building in, in, in Manhattan. Um, but, but also to be making agreements with any of those four countries named in the Washington Post piece or Saudi Arabia or Qatar or Russia. Um, is that then, why? Is that why you, you? No, go ahead. Well, is that why you drew a bead specifically on Kushner here, as opposed to all of the other potential players in this? Uh, you know, Don Jr., uh, Trump himself. Is it, why? What made you? What what gives you the idea? What gives you the impression that right now Kushner uh, may be uh, next in the barrel, so to speak? Well, I don't know that he's next. He's sort of like the second to last before Trump gets named unindicted co-conspirator. But um, partly because he has been given such a big portfolio mm-hmm. uh, with regards to these foreign policy issues, partly because we already knew, I, I mentioned in the op-ed, there's that meeting with the head of a sanctioned Russian bank, followed shortly thereafter by a meeting between Eric Prince and the head of the non-sanctioned associated bank in the Seychelles. Um, so mm-hmm. we've seen the outlines of it with, with Jared. Um, then there's the Chinese incidents where and he's trying to get his family company built out. Um, and so we've seen the outlines of it. We've also seen, even in Jared's own testimony to the Senate Intelligence Committee, he said that... Um, 
shortly after, and we're going to eventually learn that it was, by shortly we mean minutes after, um, shortly after the election, um, he turned to cooperating with the Russians on Syria, ostensibly in the name of anti-ISIS counterterrorism, mm-hmm. but um, I expect we're going to see that, that that was more about, let's talk about Syria more generally. And so... Um, so we know that uh, that immediately after winning the election, the Trump people, and this is what the Mike Flynn plea is, mm-hmm. right? The Mike Flynn plea is um, Jared saying, go and thwart the, the policy of the President of the United States, which in this case was uh, to, con- to, to support a U.N. condemnation of illegal settlements by the Israelis. Go thwart that, that policy. Um, and and now put that in context of the notion that Israel was trying to take advantage of Jared because he's broke and because he's an idiot. Um, did he do that? Did he try and thwart the the this UN um, this Egyptian led UN uh, uh, condemnation of, of illegal settlements? Right. Um, because he was trying to get money out of Israeli donors. That is the question, mm. and and I think that is. That is precisely where, Mo- I mean, Mo- I think Mueller is going to what Donald Trump would call collusion in any case. You know, you look at the June 9th meeting, and that's pretty damning, and that's where he's going with Manafort. But um, but there's this quid pro quo structure set up that the, that the um, campaign accepted or at least encouraged certain help during the campaign, including stolen emails, and then afterwards immediately turned towards certain policy uh, uh, provisions, including mm-hmm. sanctions release, the other, the, the other thing that uh, Mike Flynn lied about. And, um, and, and the second half of it, I think, is going to have this um, conspiracy to defraud the United States because these policy proposals weren't about helping the United States. They were about helping themselves. And there's also, uh, you detail at least a number of uh, of the omissions, and there was uh, 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 tens, hundreds of them, I don't know, the omissions of, of foreign meetings that Kushner apparently forgot to include on his disclosure forms along the way. And I don't know, how, how, do we, how many are, have there been? Do, do we know that number yet, Marcy? Um, no. Okay. Uh, no, and, and it's not, you know, I don't know for sure that he was specifically hiding things. I would imagine that Mueller is, is looking very closely at it. I've, I've stated that um, Mueller has been, uh, on, on its face, unbelievably generous to Paul Manafort and Rick Gates in letting them, in, in not throwing them in jail. Um, normally, you would throw people who have that kind of criminal exposure in jail, and he's not been doing it. And instead, there has been this serial effort on both of their parts to to prove enough liquidity such that they can make bail. And Manafort still hasn't made bail, and the reason he hasn't made bail is because nothing he has is liquid, and and certainly nothing that he owns legally is liquid. And I think the same thing has been going on with Jared, which is that. Uh, you know, he keeps trying to give enough disclosure such that he can get clearance, and it's never going to be enough. But over the course of it, he is going to reveal uh, in a sworn document, this serially, you know, re-sworn document, all of the things that he originally tried to hide, and that then is going to become a tool in, in, 
in if one happens in a prosecution of him. Marcy Wheeler, I've got uh, just uh, two minutes left here, and I want to try to hit two quick points. One, you allow in your in your Times New York Times op-ed that uh, perhaps Mr. Kushner is just a person who had no idea what he was doing and wanted to improve his and his family finances. Uh, in fact, he has no political background. He might not have uh, understood how government works, government disclosure works. Uh, if that is if that is true, uh, does does that get him off the hook for what he may be on the hook for, as you suggest? Well, you know, that's in there because uh, that's what he is going to argue. Probably that's what the White House always argues. These boys who are, you know, 30 something are too naive to know what they're up to. Um, what Mueller would have to prove to charge this is that uh, Kushner knew what he was supposed to do and serially failed to do it. I think with the um, security clearance stuff, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, there are, there are unanswered questions, uh, such as why Jamie Gorelick quit his legal team uh, when mm. she was in the middle of trying to get him to disclose everything. Was he refusing to disclose certain things? Uh, I think there are there are good questions like that. But but especially, I mean, the one of the examples I include in the New York Times is that uh, Jared, Mike Flynn, and Steve Bannon, who oh by the way just had twenty hours of interview with Mueller's people, they had a meeting with the crown the crown prince of the U, of the UAE in New York in Trump Tower. during the transition, and that was not disclosed to the U.S. government. So when you do things like that, when you do not disclose things that you otherwise should disclose, that's the kind of evidence that I think you would use in a conspiracy to fraud. Um, The the evidence that you're kind of going around the back, remember uh, Mm -hmm. Jared talked about a back channel with Russia so that the American spooks couldn't find... That's all evidence that he is trying to prevent the authorities who are supposed to know uh, what foreigners are doing and what Americans are doing. Um, so it's not so much, you know, that he um, was engaged in illegal discussions. It's that he hid them. And that, that he even hid them from the National Security Advisor, H.R. McMaster. Right, and, who, who, is, and, who is none too happy about it. And a report uh, from NBC just a few minutes ago, don't know if they're right or not, but that uh, they're, they're looking to get McMaster out as soon as possible. And I guess that means keep, keep Kushner in. Marcy, I've got uh, just about 30 seconds here, but uh, so this is a big question for a short time. I'm wondering, can Kushner... It, it, can Kushner survive this? Can But more to the point, can the White House itself? It feels very much at this point that this White House is absolutely imploding. And I don't see how this can continue. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I am over misunderestimating Donald Trump and his ability to survive. But it, it feels like a collapse is going on. Am I wrong? No, I think you're right. I mean, I think losing Hope Hicks, she's just a 29-year-old, whatever. But I think Trump is losing people he trusts. And Mm -hmm. eventually he's going to be sitting there alone in the White House watching 25 screens, all of them playing Fox and Friends and tweeting angrily in response. But, you know, at some point the White House becomes so hollowed out it starts collapsing. And I feel like we're pretty close to that. And I feel like if he does lose Jared and Ivanka... He'll be left with 
you know, maybe more professional people, but not people he trusts. Uh, we're increasingly seeing DOD do policy without him. And so I don't know. And I do suspect, you said that uh, Jared could go on for a while. Uh, you questioned my assertion that Jared yeah. could go on for a while like this. I don't think he can. I sort of think they're trying to sprint to the time in May when the U.S. is going to move the embassy to Jerusalem mm. They, with this belief that they can roll out this quasi-peace plan and say, see, it was all for the good of America. But I... You know, I, I've commented a lot about um, Abby Lowell, uh, Jared's lawyer, his right. silence since uh, February 16th. And that's pretty ominous, because this guy loves to work the press. And so I think something happened around February 16th that led him to get very um, quiet and, and change how he is looking at the case against his client. And so I don't know how much time Jared actually does. I, I don't either. And I, I've sort of been joking about it that, uh, you know, uh, keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on your, your, your cell phone alerts, uh, Des, because I wonder if he'll be out before this show is uh, up and out on air. I really <laughs> I don't see how he continues. Marcy Wheeler, I got to get out. I will point folks, of course, to your New York Times op ed today. Has Jared Kush conspired to defraud America and of course over to your great website emptywheel at emptywheel.net and you should follow Marcy on the Twitters at emptywheel Marcy Wheeler always great to talk to you we'll do it again soon thanks so much Brad you bet Okay, well, let's see. We've covered uh, Hope Hicks leaving the White House Jared Kushner maybe soon leaving the White House and just on time, as I was talking to Marcy here, new story from CNN exclusive FBI counter intel investigating Ivanka Trump business deal. Take a quick break, figure out what that's about, and uh, we'll cover it on the other side. I'm Brad Friedman. This is your broadcast. <laughs> Hi, this is Desi Doyen from the Green News Report and the Bradcast. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter. And we do it all independently, without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. See what you did there. <laughs> Oh, brother. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Yes, hope is gone, or she will be <laughs> soon in any event. Uh, one of the uh, last of the uh, original inside uh, circle for Donald Trump. Uh, hope Hicks will soon be gone. Jared Kushner can't. I have no idea how he can possibly stick around. But hey, you know, maybe he'll going on. find some way. Who knows? This White House. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and I had hoped to uh, cover what appears to be now a Republican meltdown happening in Congress over uh, Trump's announcement uh, earlier today that he plans to impose st uh, st stiff tariffs on steel and aluminum. 
Looks like the Republicans are none too happy with Donald Trump. Maybe after that uh, meeting about guns at the White House on Wednesday, maybe they're finally throwing him over. But you know what? We're going to throw over that story. Okay. Itself in favor of this from CNN just a, a few minutes ago, U.S. counterintelligence officials are scrutinizing one of Ivanka Trump, uh, Ivanka Trump's international business deals. According to two sources familiar with the matter, CNN reports that the FBI has been looking into the negotiations and financing surrounding Trump International Hotel and Tower in Vancouver. That, according to a U.S. official and a former U.S. official, the scrutiny could be a hurdle for the first daughter as she tries to obtain a full security clearance in her role as advisor to President Donald Trump. We don't actually know what it is that is holding up uh, Ivanka Trump's security clearance. Uh, she's been working on an interim uh, security clearance as well, and it's not clear whether she has been demoted like her husband, Jared, that hasn't uh, been announced, but that we can't rule it out. So we we don't know, um, and we don't know why. We don't know why she is uh, has not been able to get uh, security clearance. But I believe we know that she has not get uh, received a permanent security clearance. That's usually due to the FBI finding some problem or another. Uh, we know they have found both some problem and another concerning. <laughs> Jared, but uh, when it comes to Ivanka, we don't know. And this report suggests uh, something around the Trump International Hotel and Tower in Vancouver. CNN says the FBI has been looking closely at the international business entanglements of both Ivanka and her husband, Jared, to determine whether any of those deals could leave them vulnerable to pressure from foreign agents, including China, according to a U.S. official. The development in question here is a 616-foot beacon dotting the Vancouver skyline and featured a uh, and featuring a trademarked Ivanka Trump spa. It opened in February of 2017, just after Trump took office. The Trump Organization does not own the building. Instead, like other Trump projects, it receives licensing and marketing fees. From the developer, who in this case is Ju Kim Tia, or Taya, a scion of one of Malaysia's wealthiest families. Taya runs his family's Canada-based development company called Holborn Group. It's not clear, CNN says, why investigators are examining this particular deal. The timing of the deal is one of the few Trump-branded properties to open since Trump took office could be of interest. The flow of foreign money, either from the developer or international condo buyers, could also be sparking scrutiny here, they report. Peter Mirajanian, a spokesman for Ivanka Trump's Ethics Council, she has an ethics council. Who knew? Uh, says uh, CNN is wrong that any hurdle, obstacle, concern, red flag, or problem has been raised with respect to Ms. Trump or her clearance application. White House spokesman Rod Shaw declined to comment on Ivanka Trump's security clearance. The FBI declined to comment. The Holborn Group did not respond to requests for comments. It is not known, they report, whether Ivanka Trump's business deals are of interest to the special counsel investigation by Robert Mueller, who has been examining her husband's interactions with foreign investors. Uh, because Ivanka Trump and Kushner are married, however, concerns 
uh, may arise during one partner's security clearance investigation could then stall or block both of them from receiving a full clearance, according to a U.S. official. Hmm. Any information that arises during the FBI security clearance checks <clears throat> that could be relevant to the special counsel's investigation would then automatically be shared with Robert Mueller and that probe, according to the officials. So far, uh, they report the first daughter, one of the president's closest confidants, has largely managed to escape the glare of the Russia investigation. She has not been called to testify on Capitol Hill. She told NBC that she has not met with Mueller for an interview. But her low profile, particularly when it comes to Mueller's investigation has been baffling to some experts. Michael Zeldin, former prosecutor who previously worked for uh, Mueller at the Justice Department, said, asked, why is he not interviewing Ivanka? He says, the answer beats me. Either he's just biding his time or he has obtained uh, this evidence elsewhere. He doesn't need her or he appreciates the possibility of a major eruption were he to do that. Oh, wow. Why would there be a major eruption? Because he's the daughter of Donald right. Trump. And, and remember that this is completely unprecedented to have family members serving in the White House as aides like this. Of if, course. If Obama had done this, if Hillary Clinton had done this, if any Democrat had done this, the Republicans would have had their heads would explode. And, yeah, I mean, if this had been a normal advisor to the president with the kind of position that uh, that uh, Ivanka has, there would not be an explosion about her being interviewed by the special prosecutor. I'm sure she would have been called in already uh, by one of the uh, congressional investigations going on last month. Congressman Adam Schiff, the top Democrat on the House Intel Committee, said that he wanted to speak with Ivanka Trump, but Republican members of the committee have not backed his request to interview her. The plot thickens. It certainly does. And uh, boy, oh boy, it couldn't get any thicker at this point. Uh, or maybe it well, I should be careful <laughs> I, I hesitate, what I, I know. Yeah, be I know. careful what you say there, because, yeah. you know, this is exactly the stuff that Walter Schaub, the former uh, head of the Office of Governmental Ethics, warned about. So, you know, he said this is a morass we're going to get into and we are now in the thick of it. Oh, man, what a mess. It can't continue, can it? Well, we'll find out on our next thrilling episode of the broadcast. <laughs> Until then, my thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to our, uh, my guest today, Marcy Wheeler of EmptyWheel.net, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's broadcast, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com or your favorite podcast site. If it's not there, let us know, and we'll uh, try to get the broadcast on that podcast site as well. Uh, you can drop me an email. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. And yes, please remember, we rely on you to keep going here on the Bradcast. My thanks to those who stop by bradblog.com slash donate to help us do just that as long as we can. We are not CNN. We are not MSNBC. We do not get uh, money from uh, big corporations and political parties. We really do count on you. Please stop by, sign up for a sub uh, subscription, any amount you like, at bradblog.com slash donate. That's it. Until we meet again, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs>